and welcome to another episode of Power, Peace and Love podcast, where real stories of real women are shared. I'm your host, Irma Vera, and get ready to be empowered. Thank you for joining us. This is Power, Peace and Love. Our guest today is this beautiful lady, Sarah Smart. Sarah is a mother of four and a business owner. She will be sharing with us a story about her personal hardships and how she learned how to survive in her own, how she overcame an abusive and controlling relationship, and how she was finally able to break free after eight years with him. Sarah, thank you very much for being here. Welcome to Power, Peace, and Love. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, for taking all this time. And you know, I know you're busy, I know you're working, and uh, thank you for um, accepting this invitation. I think what you're doing here is a very beautiful thing, and I think if more women hear other women uh, being able to survive and, and come out on top, that it will, you know, maybe the right person will hear it. Yes, you know, this uh, actually, this project has been a project for a long time and we're trying to just do good, inspire people, you know, to get them motivated and to do, you know, what they supposed to do in life, you know, is being empowered and in control of their own life. Yes, ma'am, I couldn't agree more and I think a lot of women, they just don't realize that they can have power and control over their own life. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Sarah, uh, I, I read your resume and um, you're sharing some of your struggles. Uh, uh, well, we're ready to hear <laughs> your story. Yeah, I guess that, well, I mean, it starts at a pretty young age. I think that, you know, everybody has hardships um, whenever they're growing up and I definitely had my fair share. Um, you know, I lost my brother at a really young age and uh, my mom and my dad were not as much in the picture as, you know, um, God would have probably intended them to be. Um, I was out on my own at a very young age at 15. I had my first job and um, I was actually homeless and um, I, I actually got a second job and at 17 I was able to move into my own apartment. Um, and at that time I actually found out I was pregnant and I had dropped out of school in the ninth grade so I only had a ninth grade education um, and so all I knew to do was just to work and work and work and work and uh, um, just to be able to take care of my son. I ended up having a second child very quickly um, and then I moved to Oklahoma. Uh, my mother had gotten out of prison and I moved to Oklahoma and um, where my mom was and um, you know, I was able to get my GED and then I got a really good job as a detention officer. Um, at that time I actually had my third child and I got back into college. I got into college. Um, it was then whenever I had actually gotten into um, a very controlling relationship. Um, I think that sometimes those types of relationships come so fast you don't even realize that you're in it um, and then so much time passed you just it just seems crazy that you've been in that situation for so long. Um, I, you know, he really just, um, he, he made me uh, change the way I, I, I looked at myself in the mirror and uh, 
Uh, but you know, I just I tried every day to keep moving, and so I was in college, and so for seven and a half years of that eight-year relationship, I was in college every night, and I worked full time, and I think that I just kept myself busy to excuse excuse the abuse that I was um, I was going through. Um, and uh, uh, there was lots of very scary moments with him, and uh, you know times that I thought that I wouldn't, you know, see my kids the next day. And um, there was one final huge fight um, that he had locked me in a closet with a knife and my kids were screaming. And um, uh, then that was it. You know, I, I, once we got him out of the apartment, I never looked back. Wow, that's, that's pretty intense, huh? Yeah, it was, uh, it was very intense and it was, um, I felt bad for the children that they had to see a man belittle their mom. Uh, me and this gentleman did end up having a son together. Um, I, uh, you know, once I was free, it just it took about a year for me to finally look in the mirror and and remember who I used to be before the relationship. Um, and that's actually when I started my business. And so I just uh, started my business and just kept moving. Right, right. And uh, how's the children? I mean, how old are they right now and um, how they do at school? They're doing really good. So my oldest is 17. He's actually senior this year. Um, he has always fought hard for me. Uh, a few years, about three years ago, his father actually passed away. Um, um, I raise all my kids without their dads around. Uh, and uh, my uh, second oldest, um, she is 15. She's in junior high. She's uh, an amazing young lady, um, and then I have a 13-year-old uh, son and a 10-year-old son, um, and they do really, they do good, but my two youngest ones, they have been in counseling since. Um, even though we've been uh, without this gentleman in our life for so many years, I still, they still get counseling, so. Yeah. Um, Sarah, tell us a little bit of your childhood. Mm -hmm. uh, how, you know, how you become homeless and, and how was the struggles when you were young? Yeah. Um, so uh, going way back, my uh, mother was, uh, uh, she went to prison when I was about six months old. Um, and uh, it was unfortunately, my dad was under a lot of pressure, so he wasn't um, as nice to me as he should have been to his daughter, you know, um, so it was very unfortunate. Um, and I lived with my nan and my papa for until I was nine years old when my brother passed away. And then they sent me to my dad's house and it was uh, not a very good situation. And at a certain point in time, I got old enough that I just, I, I didn't want him to ever hit me again or hurt me again. And so I just left. So it was kind of more crazy to me that years down the road, I actually chose to be in an abusive relationship when I already knew what it felt like, you know. Um, but it was just a, one of those things that nobody, it seemed like at that age, nobody really cared. And so I just kind of disappeared into the cracks and nobody really noticed where I was until I was graduating from college and raising all these kids and then starting a business. And they're like, oh, oh, we never would have thought that would have happened. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure the worst was expected. Um, but, you know, I just, I just kept... Every day I just woke up and I knew that there was a reason why God was waking me up. And that the kids, my kids needed me. They didn't have nobody else. 
And so that, that really, really pushed me every day, so. Wow, that is pretty impressive. Thank you. know, you. that is um, having, you know, children at that such a young age. And yeah. All these things around us that is, it's just terrible, you know, how, yeah. how you overcome all those uh, situations, you know, to, to do well. Because some other people, you know, they just go in, at the streets, you know, yeah. with no family, drugs, and, you know, it's, it's just hard. Yeah, and I had a moment whenever I was a teenager that my mom had gotten out of prison, and um, I had ran to her, you know, and she promised me she'd never hit me, which was amazing to me, you know, so, but she introduced me to a different world, and it was of drugs, um, and uh, I did drugs um, from a young age until I was 17, and the day I found out I was pregnant with my first baby I never touched those again um, I, I think I just did it more because it felt like my mom would accept me if I was doing the same thing that she was doing um, and so and that was wrong you know but I didn't know that then like I I just had never had my mom you know so you know if she was doing it then I wanted to do it too um, so yeah but um, when I was in also in this uh, my relationship when I was in college um, at, towards the end of it, I actually ended up adopting a couple of kids. I worked at a shelter, and I had mentored a lot of kids besides the kids that I was raising. Um, and I think that gave me some kind of sense of, um, uh, of why I was here. You know, I felt, like, I felt like I was a kid that if somebody had just shown me that um, I was important just one time in my life, I have no idea where that could have taken me. But I found that on my own. Um, but I feel like that if I can instill that into the kids that I work with, you know, because you never know, you might be the only person that showed them what real love is, you know. I mean, it's really sad. It's a sad world we live in and kids just get, like, tossed away, you know. And uh, I just, I've, you know, I've uh, always been really adamant that, um, you know, none of my children or any child that I'm involved with will be felt like they're just tossed away, you know. Right, right. So, it, it could have been worse, right? Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I so think, glad that you're, you yeah, know. I, I don't know why God gave me the ability to lay down an addiction and why he gave me the ability to just keep, keep getting up and going every day. And it was like I felt the things that were happening to me, but I was numb to it at the same time. And I think that because I, I separated myself emotionally, it didn't drain me so I could keep getting up and keep going every day, you know. Yeah. Um, I just I just tried my best to just put on a smile and and keep going. So Wow, wow. It's, I mean it's unbelievable what the things that we go through because we all have a story, right, right. Sarah? <laughs> we all have a story. And you never know. You can never just tell you can never just tell by looking at a woman or a man uh, that you can never just tell what their life is like by even just even how they act. I mean, you just, you never know, you know, and a lot of people take that for granted. They might look at you and go, oh, you run a business and you look so happy. And the backstory is, you know, the people that have known me my whole life, all you'll see them say, instead of saying congratulations on things when I get awards and stuff now, they they're just like, Sarah, I just, this, you inspire us so much, you know, that's all they write, and it, to me, I'm like, that doesn't even feel real, but then I'm like, wow, yeah, 
it, that's real, you know. <laughs> You're absolutely right, you, you know, because there are some people that, you know, they know your story, you know, and what is, yeah, what, the, the whole things that goes behind that pretty, you know, uh, yeah, uh, happy, you know, everyday face, but yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive how mm. you know how we we touch people yeah and you just really this. never know what you're doing and then it could be 10 years later and that person come to you and say Sarah I went to college because I saw you yes. go and you graduated and if you could do it I knew I could do it and I'm like really that's so crazy know. <laughs> you know but it makes you feel good <laughs> oh, you know because man all these kids and that's this the generation of children that we have coming up We've really got to touch them and, and get in, in their heads and in their hearts. And, it, you know, it's unfortunate. Social media and stuff like that are really taking that aspect away from a child. And, you know, the consequences will show in the next decade, you know, when these kids are in their 20s and 30s and, and they can't interact with a real person, you know, and it's, it's going to be sad. So I really work with my kids. They, they're very humbled. <laughs> they work hard. <laughs> yes, they are in the business yeah, too, right? <laughs> right, I'm telling you, it, it does, it does, it changes them. You know, they'll look at you different. I, I cleaned toilets with my grandma during the times that she, you know, while she was still working. And I just, I mean, those are some of the best memories I have is cleaning the toilet with my grandma, you know. But it is a great memory, you know, because she was out there working hard and, showing me that you know it doesn't matter you know because she was a woman-owned business 40 years ago which was just unheard of you know and she just kept pushing she was out there with all the big boys she didn't care <laughs> and so i i i look up to her she's the person i look up to and it's a very so, honorable you mm -hmm. know you know way to do yeah um to get ahead and, and you know do yeah succeed succeed but the reason I started my company was I would clean on the weekends for extra money and I guess somebody told somebody and then another person had called me and then it just kind of kept happening and within a year it was like everybody's like oh you know you got this awesome cleaning company and I'm like I don't even own a business and they're like no you're running a whole business but the freedom I gained from running a company was that I could be a mom and not feel bad about being a mom when my child was sick I could be there when my child had a football game or, or you know, band, uh, you know, a performance, I could be there and didn't have to worry about losing my job. Um, I think the, the freedom, I could never put a price tag on the freedom um, because I think most of their childhood was spent with, uh, it's okay if you're a little sick, you still have to go, mommy has to go to work, you know? And I'm just like, gosh, I look back on that and I'm like, man, <laughs> I wish I would have started it a lot sooner. Right. <laughs> so. Sarah, what, what was the, the most stressful uh, point in your life when you realized, okay, my life has to change? Yeah. You know, when was that? I think that would probably be... Um, at a, a certain point with my two youngest ones, I was still living here in Texas and I was uh, living in a shed and working full time and I had a one-year-old and a newborn and both of their dads, it was unfortunate, they had went to prison shortly after me having their, their children. Um, uh, so they weren't around. Um, I'd say one actually went to prison, the other one developed a substance problem. Um, and of course I didn't want to be around that, you know, I had my kids now and I was different. 
Um, and it was just at that point that my mom had just gotten out of prison again and I was 21 and she said, you know, you could come to Oklahoma and get your GED. And that was like a big turning point in my life. Even though after that I did get into an abusive relationship, I never stopped moving like every day. And like, I think that's where it came into that I was kind of numb to the abuse and I could still get up and do everything I needed to do. And I got my GD and I got my associate's degree and I got a BA. Um, and at that time, same time, all those years I was working with children um, and people would know that things were going on. They would see bruises here and there, but I was such a, um, a selfless person that nobody would ask. Does that make sense? I was always doing stuff for other people and kind of beating around the bush on things, but people knew that things were going on. Um, but that, that was the turning point in my life was when I left from Texas and went to Oklahoma and I changed my entire life um, and came back to Texas, very independent. Um, and uh, that's when I started my company. Wow. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was a crazy time in my life. I think and about it now and I'm like, golly, I can't believe, <laughs> and, you know. Uh, and you always carry your kids with you oh. because, you know, yeah. sometimes in those situations, some people, yes, I know. You know, some others just leave their child behind. Without them, and I have no meaning. Um, I think before I had my first son, um, I was just kind of crazy out there. Didn't really, because I never really had no, no I never felt like I was needed because um, I was always just kind of, when my brother passed away, it was unfortunate. It traumatized my family. And, you know, they just kind of, I had a lot of survivor's guilt of why did he have to pass away, but I'm still alive. And I kind of felt that in my family, you know, so it was like better for me to just leave. And I just never wanted my children to feel that way. And I love them so much. Like I love my kids. My kids, they listen to me because they love me and they respect me. Um, they don't have any resentment against me, even with me being in a bad relationship, because I always, they're, I was always there for them. You know, they never were hurt, you know, but they did see me be hurt and it hurt them, you know. Was your brother your only brother? Yes, my only biological brother, yes. Oh. Can you share what happened? Yeah, he um, he has a, um, a genetic disorder called Gaucher's. And when he was about one years old, um, they found out that he was sick. And it was a very rare disorder. Um, so they um, did a lot of research on my brother through the years. Um, but he actually ended up passing away in uh, Washington, D.C. after a liver biopsy. He bled to death and he was nine years old. Um, so it... Um, he passed away on October 26th. He's actually buried Halloween morning. So Halloween was always very, so I was eight and he was nine. Um, so it was, that time is always very weird for me, you know. So he was a really cool kid. He was in a wheelchair, but now, um, not just because of the research they did on him, but I'm sure there was other children that they've researched over the years. Um, now they have treatment for it, and um, kids can survive now with it, which is just incredible. So I know it's it's, it's amazing yeah. how uh, how mm -hmm. medicine and everything, yeah. you know, to the point that there are now there are some some uh, yeah. diseases that they can you know be yeah. prevented. Yeah, and this was just one of those very rare genetic disorders that his his uh, liver would not clean his blood properly. 
Um, so a lot of toxins in his body and he had to have like feeding tubes. He was always having surgeries and uh, I said at this time my mother was incarcerated and my dad was very young and so he had a lot of stress on him and it was unfortunate he would lash out at me because I was a normal functioning child and my brother wasn't. So we were like two totally different children, you know. But I look back now and, you know, with like my father, um, I've given him my forgiveness. I've given my mom their forgiveness. Um, I actually never held anything over their head. I just kept moving on with my life, you know, and, uh, you know, I think one day hopefully they'll forgive themselves. I think they hold a lot of guilt because they see me now and they see that I have no resentment and I'd do anything in the world for either one of them. Um, and I, I just feel like, cause that's what my brother would want me to do, you know, so, Aww, and beautiful. I want my kids to see that example from me. So that is, that is beautiful, beautiful. And, and, uh, how, how did you, uh, I mean, how, how did you do in your business? T tell us a little bit about, about oh, okay. that, you know, how, yeah. how, you know, how from that situation you become, you know, now you're such a, you know, established yes. uh, businesswoman. Tell us all about it. We want to Yeah. Hear it. So, um, like I said, I, I was cleaning a building <laughs> and then it just kind of, they have, they, all the workers there have houses and word of mouth and blah, 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 blah. That kept going on. And like three years down the road, it was like, I had crews working for me yeah. and I started getting awards. I mean, it was, it's really kind of surreal. You know, people wanted to talk to me and I'm like, all I do is clean toilets. Well, what was also going on is I make my own cleaning product because my grandma who cleaned, um, she had actually developed lung cancer during her time in the industry. And when I told her I was thinking about going full time because I wanted freedom for me and my children. Um, because at, at one point I had eight kids in my house. So my four biological were very minute to the actual kids that I've raised. Um, uh, I have a lot of kids and I've even raised some of their kids. <laughs> yeah, so, but um, I, uh, my nano told me I need to clean with vinegar and I can't stand the smell of vinegar. So I just started researching things and playing with things and came up with this amazing formula. Um, it smells like double mint gum and it can do everything from uh, like Febreze on carpet, stain removal, it can clean windows, woodwork, stainless steel. It's like an all-in-one bottle. And so people really started calling me about, because they're like, oh, are you the mint lady? You know, we need you to come clean because it's all natural. And it just kind of spawned from there. So now we are <clears throat> all over the DFW. Um, we've won a number one cleaning company the last two years in a row for the city of Euless. Um, we've been, um, we've gotten awards from uh, the state senate. Uh, we've gotten awards from our local mayors. Um, we, we've been on a couple of talk shows. I say we, so I've been on a couple of talk shows, but I don't do it by myself. I've got some incredible people that work with me. Um, my husband being one of them and my kids. And then I have a couple of crews that have been with me for a really long time. Um, but we work in Texas and in Oklahoma because I went to college in Oklahoma. So some of the kids that I worked with at the shelters that I worked at, they live in Oklahoma and I'm still very much a part of their family. And uh, so we have clients up there, you know, um, but it's just crazy. It, I mean, not crazy in a good way. I shouldn't say that word, but it's, it's wonderful. Um, it comes with its, ah, we have our moments, you know, the pandemic was definitely a huge test. And then 
Um, I had a really bad slip and fall about a year and a half ago and I had injured my spine really bad, but I kept working every day. This is what's so crazy. I had a spinal surgery on June. Um, and um, so I had four discs fused together and two nerves repaired in my left arm. You wouldn't know it by even looking at me. It's just now been three months. Um, I actually just got released from my doctor. Um, so like this whole last year in, on top of the pandemic. So this whole last year has been just like, but man, God has had his hand over me and my family this whole year. So there was some moments of I've worked so hard for this and I might lose it all, but it didn't happen. You know, he just kept pushing me. So wow. he was like, you've made it through all of this. We're not going to let a little injury ruin your life. So he did. And I, well, to me, I had to feel like it was, so, you know, I had to just kept, keep going, you know? Um, and the, you know, the thing is when you have an injury like that, they do try to push harder medicine on you. I refused it the whole time. No pain medicine. Um, I did take pain medicine two for two weeks after my surgery not a pill since then um my my doctor didn't recommend physical therapy for me he was like you're already working aren't you and i was like describe work i mean really like i'm not really working you know and i'm not doing nine or ten houses a day i'm only doing one or two you know <laughs> and he's like you're not supposed to be working at all but i kept everything you know leveled up no uh, bending over and I feel great. So I think this is, I'm just really excited to see what this new year is going to bring. Wow. It couldn't get any worse, you know? So, Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yes. I mean, it could, but we're praying that it doesn't. I think, I think everybody's going to have a really good year next year. I think this, this was a test for everybody. Um, I it, think it changes the whole. It did. You know what? But I think that I got to know my kids even more during the pandemic. I really feel like we, even though I've always felt close to my children, I think we really, it just opened up different sides of us because now they don't have all the, they didn't have all the friends to go run to and occupy them. I was their friend, you know, yes. so, we bonded, right? we which is good, you know, children, yes. so yes. my oldest son is going to join the Coast Guard. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that so. is that is amazing. Yeah, really he incredible. likes to cook, so he wants to do the culinary arts program with the Coast Guard. So, and I'm like, golly, that's I raised him, you know. And I think about it like when I had him, and I was living in a shed and in somebody's garage, and then I look at him now, and you know, I'm just like, oh, I did such a good job, you know. <laughs> oh, absolutely, congratulations. Yeah. Thank for you. That. Uh, I have a I have a question. Though, yes. I heard this thing from my friends because I have friends that clean houses. I clean houses myself, oh, okay. you know, at one point. Nice. And, uh, and I remember back in that time, uh, uh, you know, people would say things about the products that mm -hmm. we used that were so strong. Right. And, and, and you know, you mentioned that your, your grandma developed like cancer. Mm -hmm. And so that was back in that time yeah um what do you think that that is related to more diseases not only kinds? oh yeah i definitely do and two even in animals it's something that as the years went by i realized that i spend more time with my clients pets than i do them and i'm thinking wow we're mop if you're mopping the floor with bleach uh -huh. You know, you imagine just even us standing, you know, five feet above the ground and it's like, oh, it's too but strong. It Could you imagine being that close to the ground while we're mopping with bleach? You know, um, so things like that, just I, 
I can see it. You know, my Nina tells me all the time, she's just like, Sarah, you know, you have to be careful out there. She, even down to it soaking in through your skin. Um, but the stuff that I have, you ain't even got to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, you don't. Once we're done, you can go in there and go smell it. It smells so good. It's, it's some good stuff. Hell? And I've had a friend drink it. Um, <laughs> because it's all stuff from the kitchen. So it is, it's actually credited with the Better Business Bureau as a go green product. Um, so it, you know, it, um, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. But yeah, I do, I do believe that those products are very, very harmful. And they do the work that bleach does. Yeah, but you know what's so crazy? I mean, honestly, when I clean with bleach, things feel, and I, don't get me wrong, I actually enjoy the smell of bleach. I'm not gonna, you know, but you can use lemon juice as a bleach alternative. It, it bleach, you know, it whitens. Um, or even toothpaste. Toothpaste has, have you ever cleaned a coffee mug with toothpaste? You, you know, like if you get the stains from the coffee in there, you take some toothpaste, I kid you not, on your finger and just rub it in and it will whiten it. And that, and we put that on our teeth. Right. <laughs> you know, you think about stuff like that. But um, I mean, when I clean with like, um, even Dawn soap, Dawn soap is not hyperallergenic. Um, it, you know, they say they are, but the thing is, is it's blue. So there's obviously something in there, uh, some kind of uh, chemical to cause it to be the color blue. Um, we use ivory soap, which is completely clear um, and it's hyperallergenic and you can use, you can wash windows with it, everything. My Nina would not go into an apartment without a bottle of ivory soap. <laughs> um, but we use that and then my spray, but like um, Dawn and bleach and stuff, it's like a slimy feeling. It's not that squeaky clean that you're really looking for. It's like you can never rinse it off because you're probably never are rinsing it off. So it's always on that surface. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you're touching it with your fingers and you're, you think your hands are clean and it's got bleach on it. And just because it's got bleach on it doesn't mean it's actually clean. It's not good for your body, you know. So. Wow, wow, unbelievable, but yes, yes yeah. you know, you're an expert. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. All yeah. kinds of things, yeah. Right. Yes, and um, so now you employ more people. Yes. Right? So so what's, what's, um, what's your, your uh, I mean, your, your projects, how, how they become, how they become uh, actually uh, projects that you uh fulfill yes and, and what is your you know what are you working on okay we have so we do everything from post construction to regular reoccurring cleans we do organizing and window washing we also now offer power washing um so some of the bigger projects today actually a house i did this morning it's an elderly couple we get called in a lot for elderly um, couples or just people in general their family um, they're not able to tend to their homes um, so we, they call us in and I don't know if you've ever cleaned for an elderly person before, but I love them, but they're always like, Hey, I've never had anybody come in and clean my house. I always keep up with my own house. And so, so the thing that differs from our company is we try to cater and mold ourselves to the client. We don't have like a generic checklist. We go in there and see what they need, what's going to make their life better. And sometimes we have to be really 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 um flexible you know i mean if we're in a room and and the gentleman he had alzheimer's so he kept forgetting who we were you know and and sometimes they'll, they'll even get upset you know and you just have to be really you know just kind of just calm and not too aggressive you can't be offended by stuff like that you have to really like i said the cleaning industry will humble you you know but in a good way it's not a fake um 
you know, a fake niceness. Like I, we generally want to be nice to our clients and because we don't, we want reoccurring clients and, you know, and um, we work with a lot of pregnant women, which, you know, they're, you can't satisfy a pregnant woman, but we can, you know, um, and, uh, you know, we, uh, we do a lot of post-construction. So we do a lot of things with, uh, real estate, a lot of make ready flipping homes and things like that. We'll come in and get them ready for them to take pictures or we're, since we've done so many of these, now people even call us for advice on, you know, can you come in and make sure that my house, you know, what, what do I need to do to sell my home? And, um, a lot of people don't understand that cleaning is a big deal. Um, I mean, I see real estate pictures all the time and the houses are messy. They can't see the potential in your home if it's dirty, you know? Right. <laughs> you can look dirty. past a defect before you can look past something dirty. I've seen some toilets in my life that I cleaned very well but could never use them because I knew <laughs> how they were before. And see, so you just don't want them to have that image in their head, you know? Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. so call us in. We'll take care of it. <laughs> One thing I learned in this pandemic is um, the, the cleaning industry. Mm -hmm. It become essential. Yes. Essential in a mm -hmm. way that, you know, that now, you need someone mm -hmm. to not only clean but sanitize. Right, and it's and, different. Uh, yeah. Right, I, yeah, I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> and and you know, people don't realize mm -hmm. how important the cleaning people. Yes, are. yes. You know, because uh, of course, like you said, it must be different, but the same people could do it, right? Yeah. Well, and the thing is too. So it's like this. I see some incredible women out there working in the cleaning industry, and it is. It is an industry that's not as respected as it should exactly. be. We are almost like doctors right now. We're keeping things clean. I mean, you can spray something on it and it smell like bleach and say it's clean all day, but did they really take the time to ensure that when you turn that doorknob that you're not gonna get sick? Right. Um, and it, it's those types of people that really should be awarded for being out here in this and doing this. These women are sacrificing their lives and and going home to their own family and they're carrying home whatever they took out with them but where i'm going with this is that the, the cleaning industry people are very underpaid um exactly. very that's what i mean very underpaid um not me that, <laughs> because and, and at one point it was yeah. it was at one point my cousin who owns a real estate company looked at me and he said do you know your worth and I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I know my worth. He's like, no, no, you don't know your worth. But see, the upside in this is that I had the advantage, um, uh, uh, and it, it does go back to almost a race thing. I did have the advantage because I was a white woman um, that I could demand higher amounts of money. And I'm being honest because it's it's and it's sad to me because I see women, um, Hispanic women, out here busting their butt and just working so hard for their families and they're not making nothing an hour and they're out here doing things that people don't want to do okay. and, 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 and it, it just um, I do have hard feelings in that area because in me I'm like you know come work for me I start my people at 12.50 an hour and they just go up from there I buy all their supplies I take care of the people that work for me because they have families the thing is is that like you I mean even down to reassuring my clients, we've never had theft as an issue in seven years. And you know why? Because the people that work for me get paid well. You're going to get what you pay for. But the thing is, is that I know a lot of women that work like they're getting paid 20 and $30 an hour. 
and they're barely making minimum wage, sometimes not even that. And I think it's sad, you know, and that I really think that people really need to, to really analyze how hard house cleaners work, you know, um, to take care of other people. They're not in their own home cleaning. They're in somebody's grandma's home or, a, you know, a guy that's just too busy. He's just too busy to go clean his own house. So they have somebody in there cleaning their house. And I just think that it, I think that a lot of people are not as respected in the industry as they should be. Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. A hundred percent. And I think that we all deserve to be treated the same. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and, you know, and something that I had, when I realized that I was like, that's not, you know, it wasn't like, ooh, you know, I can go in there and demand all this money. To me, it really hurt my heart. I was like, that's kind of crap. That's crap. To me, that's how I felt about I, it. I don't remember. I don't. I don't. I don't remember any wish conversation. I, I heard someone saying that. Oh, but that's kind. Of, that kind of job it doesn't require you to go to college or to have a like so? a degree. Or, or like what a, does that matter? So that, you so know. Thing, and you know, and it, it comes to what you just said yeah. about the, the so much uh, you know inequality. Right. And it is, and it is, and, and it's, it's so sad. Of, I um huh, I I don't I don't agree with it you know and I see it a lot in this industry um you know and uh, I don't allow people to give me a pardon in that area um, as far as I don't want anybody to be lenient on me and and just because of uh, um, the color of my skin um, I want to be treated the same do you know what I mean like I feel like we're all we're all God's people, okay? And I know some hardworking women, and I just I, I just pray that one day that will be recognized, you know that. Um, but I think if more people speak up like this, women empowerment, the thing that you're doing, um, I think that women knowing that they have a voice, um, I think you you I mean, there's no telling where you might change somebody's life, you know. So somebody knowing their worth, and they'd be like, you know what? No, I heard on the thing and I'm like no I deserve to make a hundred dollars for this house now thank you <laughs> and you do ladies <laughs> you definitely deserve to be paid absolutely. you know so absolutely I guess you know it's, it's something that mm -hmm. we, we should be aware of and yeah. to be, you know definitely have uh, they a didn't, platform to yeah. have a voice too. and they didn't yeah. even have cleaning wasn't even on the essentials list it was actually when I talked to because I have a mayor that I'm really close to when I talked to him, he said, uh, cleaners don't have to be on the essential list because everybody just knows that they're going to be out there cleaning. They're just like the doctors right now. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, nobody's offering any extra pay. Nobody's offering them any kind of help when everybody's buying all of our cleaning supplies. You know, nobody's offering any kind of help in that area to the cleaning industries. And that's where the money needs to go right now because... Honestly, that's the only way this is going to go away is making sure everything is more sanitized, you know. And when I saw how many people got mad about washing their hands, it really grossed me out. I'm not going to lie. I was raised to wash my hands. I couldn't open the refrigerator without my needle saying, I didn't hear the water running. So to see so many people get upset made me know that we definitely could use a cleaner world to live in. So. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and okay, well, um, we're getting, you know, time okay. is running out. And uh, where we can find you, uh, you know, where you're more active? How, how yeah, you, um, um, so uh, uh, my company is actually called Smart Cleaning. 
And our website is smartcleaningdfw.com. You can also find us on Facebook at smartcleaningdfw. Um, uh, we're not on Instagram. I'm not that big on social media. <laughs> but um, definitely you can find us on there. You, you can't miss us. The big green emblem. <laughs> right. And uh, also, what, what is your message to, to our audience? What, what, do, what, what do we take you know, in this yeah, just, um, um, conversation? Don't ever give up. Like, seriously, just don't ever give up. There's a reason why you're here. There's a reason why you woke up this morning. Um, it may be for, you know, it, it. you just, you don't know why you're here sometimes. But you just got to keep moving. Like, you just, you have to keep moving. Don't stop. You know, that's all I have to say is just don't stop. Wow. That was powerful. That was powerful, Sarah. And uh, thank you very much for that message. And, um for this conversation. Thank you for taking the time and for sharing your story. Thank you for the uh, opportunity. Yes, because you know, your, your story, your words, uh, there are such an inspiration for, yeah. for us and for everybody out there that, you know, can hear these conversations. And um, thank you very much for all thank of that. Thank you. And that's it for today. I'm your host, Irma Vera for Power, Peace and Love. Join us next time for our next podcast episode and subscribe to your to our YouTube channel for more real stories from real women. Share and like and submit your story at hello at powerpeaceandlove.com and tune in for our next next podcast episode. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye.